We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either you're first or you're last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Star on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. With 14 seconds left. And the Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Star lays it up for Freeman, and it's incomplete. Or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they going to roll it? He caught it. Touchdown. He did what? Rodgers in trouble. It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone. And he's caught for the win. Richard Rodgers with a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Talk of the Tundra, GSPN's Green Bay Packers podcast, proudly a part of the Eurostep and Blue Wire podcast networks. I am Ty Windish, filling in for Numak, who is... In parts unknown, couldn't stomach Packers Bills, apparently. But I am joined by GSPN's finest, at least two of our six finest, Adam McGee and Rohan Kadi. Fellas, how's it going on this Monday morning? It's a Monday morning. So we like great. those on the Eurostep feed. I don't know we why do. that's a negative now. Yeah. I, I said great. Oh, that wasn't believable. I didn't hear you say anything. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm, do- I'm doing great for a Monday morning, Ty. Monday morning is uh, better than Sunday night was. That's, that's where <laughs> I'll go with that. <laughs> that's a good point. So we, quick GSPN news. So Rohan and I announced we're doing Eurosteps every Monday now. So there's a new Eurostep up. If you haven't listened yet. But I-, I bring that up for two reasons. One, so you're aware of our scheduling changes. Two, because Adam made a great point before we started recording. And just like where the bars are essentially at for these two teams right now. The Packers lose by, I think it was 10 to the Buffalo Bills. Was it 27-17? Yeah. Yes. Um, and the Bucks are 5-0. and And the Bucks pod, Chiron, is, should we be worried about their offense, despite the 5-0 and start, without Chris Middleton, yada, yada. And the Packers one over here is, Packers find some positives as the Bills breeze to a win. But that's really just where we're at now, I think, with the three and five Packers who have lost four games straight for the first time since the run the table season. And, you know, I don't know what we'd be doing on here if we weren't looking for positives. I think Numak and I and Jordan have found a lot of negatives and Adam over the last few weeks during this losing streak. I think we've covered a lot of them. There's some more we've got to talk about with this game. But at a certain point, I don't know. I just think that's where they're at. They're at silver lining moral victory territory but what do you guys think about that but are, are the packers there like is that i don't know is is it silly to look for positives when they just haven't been good for about a month now 
I'll throw to Rowan first, because he's finally graced us here on Talk of the Tundra. He's been dodging these losses. So, unlike me, every time I come here, Numak has disappeared, and I'm here to do some sort of post-mortem. But Rowan, well, let, let the people hear where you're at on this season's Green Bay Packers. I think Ty, I think it's I think it's fair to say we should be looking for positives here because we should be changing the way we look at this team. People still view this team as a team with expectations, as a team that has potentially like, oh, how are they going to make it to the postseason? What are they going to do if they can manage to make their way to the postseason? Needs to stop. It really needs to stop. This team is not going anywhere. This team is not primed to go anywhere. You have to look at it like it's a team rebuilding. Because that's what they are. They're a rebuilding team. You have to look for positives. Like, oh my goodness, your young wide receivers are doing something as I catch my AirPod as it falls out of my ear. Um, He's a play-by-play man at heart. He can't stop himself. <laughs> Playbacks are elite. But uh, it's just, you, you, have to, you have to have that mindset when looking at this team because that's what they are. That's what they are. You can't look at this team like, oh, they're the Green Bay Packers. They're this team that's always going to have something they're always going to be doing well. They have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. What does that mean anymore? It doesn't mean anything because this team sucks. I don't quite agree because I think the reason that it's good for podcasting, uh, the the reason that I think a lot of people, I think I think what you've outlined for finding positives is like, let's find positives because we're building to something that is beyond the now. I think the people who are looking hardest for positives right now are looking for positives because they're still thinking in the now. And honestly, I don't think the Packers are in a spot where they can really just pretend it's all about this season, particularly with the record right now, or also just be like, oh, you know, let's find some positives because there's always next year. That's kind of part of the problem as things aren't going well is all of a sudden you're looking and it kind of feels like a team that's very much in no man's land. Um, the team does suck, but they shouldn't. Like That's that's still the, the biggest thing that I'm coming down on. We know the areas where there were going to be issues where they're struggling, uh, but the defense should be like 10 times better than it's been. There's not really an excuse for that. We'll get to that, I'm sure. Um, the offense has been just a mess, has not been run in the way that I think it's obvious to everyone is most effectively to focus their energies to get your best players involved until possibly some of this game. And all of that is kind of an organizational failure that is, it's not too late to write the ship on, but it's also, they're not in a position where they can just be like, we're bad and this season's gone. Let's focus on next season. Like, what do you focus on next season? What is what is the future of this team with where money is committed, with who's kind of standing in wait? They've still got to play this season out as if, okay, if we can get in, if we can get things right, we'll see what can happen. It doesn't feel like it should be that difficult to get a lot of things right, but they've really made an incredible mess of it through eight games. Like, the fact... Uh, a lot of this would have been understandable, and I think was even on previous times I've been on the pod where you're like, okay, offense in particular, it's a complete overhaul. They have to approach it in an entirely different way. The first four games of the season, if there's still some adjustments, if it's not quite there, you're kind of like, it's not ideal. You're putting yourself behind the eight ball, but I guess it makes some sense. Eight games into the season, that's that's a real problem, and. Honestly, bigger than that then too is the defense, like because that was that was what was going to buy them some leeway. That was going to give them time to settle in and find a new offensive structure that worked for them. And the exact opposite has happened. And I think previously we've been spending a lot of time on the offense, and we could do that again here. But there is also just that element of, well, the defense is not doing what it's meant to do. Like I, I think part of the vision for this team this year which is always a risk was okay we're going to we're going to win a lot of kind of low scoring mid teens games that's the kind of games we're going to find ourselves in and we're going to back ourselves to come out on top of that that's not the kind of points they're giving up though like it's just it's it's far too easy in a whole variety of ways a lot of that the majority of that may be on scheme but also on individuals too and that's kind of the overall picture with the packers is i think like, are the Packers doing enough to help Aaron Rodgers? No. 
is Aaron Rodgers doing enough to help himself? No. Like, it's it's on the individual and collective on all fronts. They just haven't been good enough. Yeah, I agree with you, Adam. It's If Rodgers was expiring or whatever, then I think you could be like, yeah, let's let's plan for next year and what's the Jordan Love team? Why do we expect there to be huge changes, though, in personnel between this and next year? I mean, maybe some flexibility to add a player or two if they do it, which they usually don't, right? Maybe another crop of draft picks comes in. We've seen those guys can be hit or miss. You know, there are two first-round picks. One today didn't make a big impact. The other also didn't because he got ejected early in the game for a pretty stupid play. Not even a play, a pretty stupid action. So I think they do need to figure it out with this team, both for next season because it's going to be probably a lot of the same guys, and this year because they are three and five. They are are they even with the Lions now in record? I think or right around there going no, into no, the, the Bears. The, oh, the Lions are one and six. Yeah, thank you. Even with the Bears now going into Detroit next week, so the Lions could pull within a game if they are able to beat the Packers, oh, which is a scary thought, but. But on the other hand, I mean, it's not over and the NFC stinks. It's really not good. So even if I, I think it's safest now, just pencil out the division that the Vikings already are 1-0 against the Packers, have a big lead in, in record. You know, clearly if, if they win that other Lambeau game, that nearly seals it at this point. So I think that's probably out of reach. But the wild card certainly isn't because the division isn't good. I mean, the Cowboys or Eagles, I'm assuming Cowboys will get one of those spots. And you kind of look around the league and it's uh, the conference and it's like, all right, there's not a lot of other great teams. I mean, the NFC South shouldn't even get a division winner. They certainly won't get a wild card. The West isn't as good as it typically is. And the East, the other two teams, the Giants are good right now. We'll see how that goes. So I don't think the season is over as, as dire as it seems. And I do think they found a couple things that they can build on. I think the issue is it almost – I don't want to say it feels pointless because it's never pointless to make the playoffs in the NFL. But I think the game plan today on offense got pretty good after they spotted 14 points to the Bills. They finally committed to the run. And it worked against a team with a great defensive line, a deep defensive line. It worked awesome. Aaron Jones, 20 carries, 143 yards. A.J. Dillon, 10 carries, 54 yards. We've never seen them commit to running the ball like this. And it was perfect. And it opened up some deep passes later in the game from the younger wide receivers. And I just think also we'll get to the that group. The younger guys seem to give a lot of energy and open up a lot of plays for Rodgers downfield that just have not been there when it's Lazard and Watkins out there. As much as we may like those guys, they're not doing as much as Toure and Dobbs to get open and make plays, um, which I think matters too. But my takeaway though was they played great, you know, for a lot of this game. The second half, they win 10-3. to but they play great. They run the ball really effectively. Rodgers is pretty good overall. He has one pick. It's tipped. He has a couple really nice throws. And they never were they never were within striking distance in the game after the first, like, five minutes. So it's like even if this team plays really well for a lot of a game, it still doesn't seem like they have the firepower to beat the truly elite teams. Like, we're going to need to see that defense be on a whole nother level because I just don't think we're going to see this offense get to a place where they're routinely putting up 28, 35 points against good teams, like in the playoffs, the defense just needs to be way better. And injuries are a factor. Also, just the defensive line, as it feels like all season, doesn't get to the quarterback. Uh, they sacked Josh Allen twice, I think, for two yards. So, And he's rushing a lot, so who knows if, if they're even both true sacks. The Bills ran all over Green Bay. And the linebacker core, they also lose um, Devondre Campbell to injury. So they're without Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell. But the front seven just hasn't been good enough. And I think that's that's in addition to Joe Barry not ever letting Jair Alexander play on the opposing star wide receiver. It's just making that they're not good enough. They got a couple picks in the second half. They hold Buffalo to three. It was a great half for the defense. But the first half was horrendous. And it did feel like Buffalo let, let the foot off the gas pedal a bit. So... You know, I, I think while there are some positives here, it still seems like they're like several more positives away from being able to hang with truly good teams, which is just really disappointing given where we came into the season at on this Packers team. Speaking of offense real quick, uh, should also mention that Christian Watson uh, left the game with a concussion after his first play back <laughs> after injury. Which sucks. just brutal, just brutal for the guy. And I think his speed would really help if they ever let him run actual routes. 
It's yeah, just, well, that's what that's what I'm trying to get into. Like yeah. you're talking about how guys like Romeo Dobbs, uh, Toure were like opening up plays downfield. Christian Watson's a guy who can do that as yeah. well. So just his loss was also felt there. Well, I mean, we'll probably get to it more specifically, but Toure's route for his touchdown was something we just haven't really seen. Not all year. Like we we just haven't we seen haven't that. seen anyone get a chance to do that, and then to certainly not do it quite as well as that. Um, so. That is interesting when you look at that. And like you mentioned, Sammy Watkins, uh, just kind of invisible in this game. Never got over. Not, not really getting anything from him. And that's very, very tough when he is in some ways. I don't know. To cross sports, he's kind of your Andrew McCutcheon for the Brewers last season. That's that's kind of what the Watkins edition was, except at an even greater position of need. Well, debatable, similar position to need. <laughs> like I, I think I think that's that's a real problem. And when you think of oh, there was we heard for months, you know, by the time the season starts, wide receiver room is gonna look very different. It's gonna be really strong. You know, we've we know we have to address that. And I just giving Aaron Rodgers a room full of rookies is it's it's not the right thing at this point in his career. It's not the right thing with even just how the dynamics within the within the Packers organization are in terms of how I think he views guys, how we know he is all about guys he trusts. That's why Randall Cobb's been back there and why Randall Cobb has been good for them. It's because Rogers wants small number of guys that he's like nine times out of ten, they're gonna do what I need them to do. He doesn't want it's, it's, high it's variance. Playing George Hill last season. It's it's that and it's that kind of pushed beyond. Like it really is to to the absolute max. I mean, one one thing for me with the offense, because we've been talking about, I think, going back to the very first episode of the season, which I believe I was on, um, and you, Ty, uh, Numak, and I discussed, obviously, they need to run. Why aren't they running? Give the ball to your best players. Give the ball to Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. And that is obviously part of the benefit you're seeing. And, oh, they found something by doing it. I think the other thing, though, is when you give the ball to your running backs, you're making quick decisions. Aaron Rodgers is not just standing there holding the ball for way too long. I think that was really, really striking in this game, particularly in the first half. I think Josh Allen got complacent and got pretty loose in the second half because it was very easy. It was it was going to be how many touchdowns can I throw here? Like even kind of giving the Packers defense credit for the second half. Yeah, they deserve some credit, but I wouldn't go overboard because those interceptions were on the quarterback more than they were kind of earned by the defense. Allen said as uh, much after the game. He was like, I had bad, bad throws, just really bad, bad ideas, bad decisions, and, and certainly kept Green Bay quasi in the game. I don't think they really were. Yeah. But. It's, but it was just for, like, it first was just half decision-making. First half when he is dialed in, and it's not news to anyone how good – he is, but the striking difference is like just everything is so fast for the Bills. Everything is just quick decisions, and you're get whether it's a run play, whether you're passing, everything is just so immediate. Now, part of that comes from, I guess, the Packers can't do that easily because of the lack of fam- familiarity with receivers. And Rodgers is clearly standing there, and he's being like, "What? What route is?" <laughs> Like, how is this guy going to get from point A to point B seems to be an issue, which again made the, the Ture touchdown really remarkable and stand out in the season so far. But that's something that I just think it's in addition to just giving the ball to your best players is you're also just not giving the defense a chance to get to Aaron Rodgers. Like, the offensive line had some good moments in this game and had some bad moments in this game. Some really that, bad moments. I mean... like. And that's kind of that's kind of the story to see, isn't it? And we know the kind of shuffling they've had to do endlessly there. So part of that for me is you've got to just kind of find quick, quick offense. Like everything should have more purpose to it. And we even saw then again, it's understandable, but it also feels a little unforgivable that they couldn't get into like two minute offense late in the game when they still had a chance to go and at least put some pressure on. And it's like, yeah, you've got a lot of guys who aren't out there, haven't played before, but at the same time, you're just really mismanaging things. I think that is something that is crucial to the Packers on all fronts is there is this lack of purpose. There's this lack of kind of intensity of, okay, here's the snap and go. It's something that is giving opposing teams a chance to get at them and is not helping Aaron Rodgers. Like, if anything, 
the guy's 38 now. Let's let's not put him in a position where he's got to stand and he's got to think and it's don't give people the chance to get to him. Let his brain, let his arm do the work fast. Part of that has to be on him too. He's got to like agree to that instead of holding the ball, holding the ball and looking around. It's something we've seen in previous games. He's taking sacks where you're like, if you're just moving the ball faster, if you're just being a little bit more urgent, there might be easier passes there that you're turning down or you can at least just whatever, spike the ball out of play. But that's something for me. When I see the run game, it's like part of what works for that isn't just you're giving the ball to your best players, but you're able to build momentum. And that's if you get a few, like Aaron Jones had some really fantastic long runs in this game, but you build momentum and it's like, okay, well, we can we can score on this drive where everything else is slow, so slow, so deliberate, and you're not going anywhere. You can't kind of flip a narrative of the game. Also, I think it makes it so much easier to throw the ball down the field here and there when you are running the ball successfully. And I don't think it's a coincidence that like the Toure touchdown is after Aaron Jones is just gashing the Bills defense. Like make teams play eight in the box and then like a conventional play action or even if you want to do the RPOs or whatever. I do think it helped that a lot of their success running the ball they were just conventional runs. They weren't RPOs. And I think that it simplifies things, as you say, Adam. It makes it even quicker to get the ball in Aaron Jones' hands and let him work. But, you know, Toure's touchdown after that, I think Dobbs' touchdown was second quarter, but it was after they had success running the ball. And then you get Dobbs running out in single coverage. Like, that's what they need to do. Every throw in a double coverage for this Packers, like there was one of Dobbs where he didn't come up with it. And some people are like, oh, he's got to catch that. You got to never throw to double coverage if you're the Green Bay Packers with this core of wide receivers. Like, there's nobody that's going to beat double coverage reliably. It's not worth it. I think even if he holds the ball, it's probably getting knocked out of there because he has two Bills defenders draped all over him. Like, you need to find guys in single coverage and scheme that up by using the running game to set the tone. And it was nice to see the offensive line, I think, was largely terrible. Got it, kind of, kind of, kind of got it together late, but I think the threat of Aaron Jones and them run blocking better than pass blocking helped. But early in the game, like the Packers just, they couldn't even drop back. Like it was, you know, they needed to be faster, but at a certain point it's like, okay, this is just not even tenable to throw the ball at all. Um, Not great. I mean, uh, Elton Jenkins misses the game, but Bakhtiari plays, everybody else plays. And at a certain point it's like the line's just not as good as we thought if one guy going out is enough to just totally tank like a whole half of pass protection. And it's like a big problem. I mean, Jenkins is good. I, he's a good player. He hasn't actually been as good as a tackle this year, but I digress. You know, it, it was a little concerning to me how quickly, even against a good line, they fell apart. It looked like they had multiple guys out in that first half. So again, it, I, I think my biggest issue with the Packers is that Every week, it seems like there's two more big issues and it, they just keep moving around the whole every position group. And that's the sign of a team that's just not rock solid anywhere, which is you know obviously not good as you try to win football games. Yeah, here's a, here's a question. What do we think is the strongest positional group for the Packers? Running back. Yeah, that's fair. Honestly, if it you're might be the second strongest, though. I think that's yeah, a second really strongest, second question. strongest. You know the the crazy thing? It might be quarterback after that. It's not really fair to call I it a position know, group, but and I'm low on Rogers this year. I think he's just been fine, but I mean, you look Compared at every to other the rest group. Of the group yeah, yeah, I mean, I. There's there's parts of special teams that have been really standout. Um, that's just so far removed from something yeah, you, you, you can answer. You could put punter up there, I guess. Pat, Pat yeah, that is part he's of what I've put been, up there. He's been I up mean, and down. Mason Crosby's been good too. Yeah, uh, missed a field goal. Listen, yeah, that was that not was, even close. That was that ugly. Was, that, that was not good. That snap was way away. Yes, yeah, so this to is be, not a good, so. not a good defense game. Just quickly, I no. mean. The kick coverage wasn't great. They multiple kicks. They didn't get back to the twenty. Like, what are you doing, Keyshawn yeah, Nixon? Well, look, one good one, that's, but a couple of bad that's ones. That's the biggest problem with special teams. Like, that's the yeah. thing holding special teams out of that conversation. But if you had said eight weeks ago that I could even suggest special teams, like half jokingly to that question, I think we would have thought, "Oh, things are bad." Like <laughs> yeah, well, that, that the defense is not well, even yes. like. 
But no one's like, come on, the defense are better than special teams. It's like, well, <laughs> not really. Like, that's that's how grim it is in some, some fronts. Yeah, I think maybe you could argue secondary, but they're just so volatile. It, it's, it's like you have elite players there, but yeah. just not as a group. Darnell like, Savage can, can is the talk- most up-and-down no, player in the NFL, I think. Not good right now. Can we, can we talk about Jair? Yeah, Jair's great. Yeah, Jair's great. Why Why is he shading Gabe Davis all game? I know. Did you see the, 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 the there was a next-gen stat about how he clamped oh, yeah, Gabe yeah, yeah. Davis? Here, here it it's like, yeah. oh, great, terrific. Thank God Gabe yeah, Davis is, didn't get loose. This is from uh, next-gen stats, like you said. Jair Alexander aligned across from Gabe Davis on 14 of 23 routes in Week 8, 61%. Alexander had an interception and did not allow a reception on four targets to Davis as the nearest defender. Cool. Wh- who's on Stephon Diggs? Why, Rasul, why are you Rasul not Douglas making, and Eric Stokes. Why are you not making that change? How often does this need to happen before a change actually occurs? Like Jair's shutting down like secondary and tertiary receivers. That's awesome. Jair's awesome. Why is he not? Why is there not a move being made to put it like, hey, this guy's torching us. Let's go put him on him. Joe Barry is like, back I, to I his old tricks. Claim, yeah, I don't claim to be like a football like schematic expert or anything, but that makes sense to me. Yeah. When does Joe Barry get fired? I don't know. Not, probably don't, not in season. I don't think he is. Yeah, it's Packers yeah. Packers style. Probably not in season. Yeah, the although like, who's Packers style is all well and good when you're you know when your record. I'm, the, I'm not defending style. it. I'm not defending. No, I know. It. I, just, I know you're not. But I just think like something is broken and needs to change. And are they going to make a big splashy trade that's going to fix things? I'm going to bet no. Open well, they have to tomorrow, right? Yeah, open to correction on that if they want to go and get a wide receiver who's really going to change at least how we feel on that front. But I'm going to bet no. And it's like, okay, well, what what is the internal shift you can make? And I think it's pretty obvious whether anyone has the guts to do it or do it in season. Like, I think if you're really serious about turning the season around, you should be pulling the trigger on that move. Like, uh, I think that's kind of the reality of it. It's not fun. I think the to zoom out though, I remember when I first really locked into Packers football way back to begin the last season. I was like setting up like Joe Barry, I'm like looking at what Joe Barry's up for. I'm like, what the what the hell is going on here? <laughs> Why are they gonna get Joe Barry? Lions? And yeah, the old sixteen lines and Joe Barry started last season with a defense that Developed really nicely, became really formidable, and then fell off in a major way. Where this is not just the last season, this season. This is more in line with how things started to trend last season too, and now it's getting worse. So it's not like, oh, it's just been eight games. We can't make a decision that's reactionary. No, this is kind of tied to something deeper than that that should be reassessed. And it's, yeah, like, to, to go back to the discussion we had at the start of the episode, it's, can you afford to just be like, We'll reassess that in the offseason and we'll go again. I don't know. I, Probably not. I, I think one of the issues, though, as Rohan asked, is like, who do you get to repl- Obviously, it'd be someone internal during the season. What Packers unit on defense has been like, oh, that guy needs more. That, <laughs> the defensive line to, gets, about, gets about two. Pro- <laughs> yeah, just do both. <laughs> they did win last year when Joe Barry had COVID. I'm trying to remember who was. Oh, that's a good call out. I don't remember uh, who was play call for the defense in that game. But they well, did it, they did have tough. at least one game without him. Was that against the Saints, Ty? It might have been. It was I against the Cardinals. Cardinal. Oh. The, the Kyler Murray Cod curse strikes again, by the way. <laughs> did you see I, off off topic, did you see what Patrick Peterson said? No. No. Cardinals ownership would get nasty emails about Patrick Peterson and his age and his contract, and they would print them off and leave them on his locker. What? Kind of insane. Like, and that was a legend. He was a legend there. And between that. You're doing that to Pat Between that and the Kyler Murray contract thing, I just think it's a terrible org. They're just airing out players. I don't know. I think that's a good idea. I think the Packers should start printing emails they get about Aaron Rodgers and leave them in his locker. 
You're going to get a lot of promotional emails that you don't want printed out. He needs he needs something to light a fire under him. Uh... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. He want like you you guys talk, I can't remember who taught which pot it was, but uh someone said Aaron Rodgers wants to be the underdog so, so badly. Was it was that you, Ty, who said that? Yeah. Yeah, it's just like it's it's ridiculous at this point. But uh well, congratulations, just, you're three and five. You've done it, Aaron Rodgers. Yes, you're officially an underdog. Just say you're gonna run the table now and things will all be better. <laughs> but the thing is, this isn't 2012 anymore or whatever year that was. Like, I don't know if we want to talk about lighting a fire under Aaron Rodgers, what's that gonna do at this point? Like, he had some good plays. Like late in the second half, he had also like he had like a rushing player. I was like, oh my god, his legs work. He has actual functional lower extremities. Yeah, for the uh, first time all year, he really did get moving. Yeah, he got moving. He looked decisive in his decision making. But it's like it's also it begs the question: Where has this been? Why has this not been used? It's it's like what switch sort of flipped there at the end of the game is my question. Because well, all of a sudden you have Aaron, Aaron Rodgers moving around. You have receivers going downfield. You have like guys like Romeo Dobbs was exceptional in this game. Mm-hmm. I will say that he was exceptional. Uh, like what? What happened? Well, he hasn't helped himself all season. Is part of the problem. To Ty's point about passing into double coverage, and you shouldn't do that with this group. If you had taken that tack from week one, you're like, we're going to build confidence. We're going to work on simple plays. We're going to get guys touches. We're going to just really get them feeling like, okay, we're here. We're NFL players, and we're part of a functioning offense. Then I think by week 10, week 12, you know, someone like Romeo Dobbs, we saw the amazing catch he had against the Bills. And it's like, yeah, well, maybe you could throw to Romeo Dobbs in double coverage and he'd be able to come up with the ball. Like, I don't think that's impossible. The thing is, these young receivers haven't been helped out by their quarterback. Like, they just haven't. And he, that's not helping himself out either. So I really have struggled all along to understand that, to understand just what he gets, how it even saves face for him to be so like visibly hard on these guys every time they drop a catch or someone doesn't quite run the route right, whatever it might be, because I think just a little bit more of a kind of softly, softly approach. And there is talent there. Like Dobbs is absolutely, there's no question about what he can do. We are seeing it in bursts. We've seen it now, I think across a few different games, it'll be one play, two plays. You're like, Okay, he really can do it, where it's like, you know, 
if you were just building that in a steadier way as a quarterback all season, well, then by the time we get deeper into the year, there is a chance that you have someone that you feel like, okay, well, this is like a legit number one option that I feel comfortable in going to. Uh, is it Devontae Adams? Not necessarily, because who is? But if you want to get close to replicating that, you are going to have to put trust in the most talented receivers you had, which were your rookies. You're going to have to build confidence, get them settled into life in the NFL, and he just hasn't done it. Devontae Adams isn't even Devontae Adams this year. Yeah, uh, what do you have? One catch, three yards or something? The Raiders are Listen, even, the Raiders even will more do that of a... Too. Yeah. Um, I agree. And Amari Rodgers had a penalty early. Looked like he was going to do nothing. Flash for a 22-yard catch. I think I see like the Scotty Miller role where he's just like the slot guy who runs a downfield a bunch before Tom Brady stopped trusting him and froze him out of his life, which seems like a Tom Brady thing. Uh, Jerry Gray is the def- defensive back slash passing game coordinator for the Packers. It doesn't look like LaFleur ever confirmed who stepped in for Joe Brady, probably to avoid um, you know some everyone having an obvious name to point to when – Fans inevitably got sick of him, uh, but he, it, it was expected he would be heavily leaned on. He has called defensive plays before, and he is still on the staff. So D-backs coach Jerry Gray would be, it seems like, the most logical solution there. Um, yeah, I think the offense was solid, though, once they started running the ball. Not great. Yeah, should we, should, yeah. Like, can we, we should probably highlight these positives that we're trying to say. We've touched on it a little bit, like yeah. the young wide receivers, stuff like that. What specifically did you guys see out of like the wide receiving core that gives you, gives you some hope going forward? We're able to get some separation, uh, and, and just make some plays, which I just think like Watkins just didn't get open all game. I don't think Lazard has made some tough catches this year, but really, I feel like he's never been all that open. And I think. All uh, and looking back, it's no wonder that all these sets where they were running out like, you know, Lazard, Dobbs, Watkins as the wide receivers, it's no wonder the passing game didn't look good because they probably just like one of those guys maybe is getting open. I think Dobbs hasn't even Dobbs is a, a, another good contested catch guy. He's not usually getting himself wide open though. Like he's just going up and getting the ball. I feel like he's been maybe most effective around the goal line because he can just go up and haul it in like. His, you know, double turnaround catch in the goal line was beautiful against Ridiculous. the Bills. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but I think I would say, yeah, like Toure and Amari and Dobbs a little bit, just getting open um, at least a little bit more than they've done in the past was probably the the best thing. I mean, the, the pass that Toure dropped even, that went kind of right through his hands into his body as he was diving. Yeah. Wide open, like for considerable gain. So... That's something for him where I think immediately and even kind of Rogers celebration with him after the touchdown. I think Rogers likes we're gonna guess we're gonna see a lot more of that guy. Yeah. Rogers like, oh, you can you can run around and make a catch. Okay. Uh uh I, he could be targeted a lot next week. Like well, that could be something that we see a change. And also based on the performance, you say fair enough. Let's see how that works. Like I think it's more worthwhile than Sammy Watkins right now. It's just Again, yeah. tough, and I and I don't think I, we're gonna see Watson next week. Just guessing. No, no, I'm I'm no, guessing we're not. I that was that was a scary question. Yeah. Open like, open for the best. Yeah. I, I think it is just as simple as they weren't just making some catches, but they were getting like meaningful gains out of it. Like we're talking about real yards, which hasn't been something that's happened for quite some time. Even like Dobbs and averaging out fifteen and a half yards, like it just feels like for every player on this team, every offensive player, those kind of gains have not been there. And that's why it's been such a slow to watch them. Like it's kind of your You're just watching this team kind of trudging through the mud, essentially, for the first few weeks of the season. So see some offense, I get why people get excited about that. Uh I, I do think there's a lot of people who were a little overexcited and searching for positives from this game. I think the the biggest positive that I've seen for most people is, hey, we didn't lose by 25. It's, the Bills are really good. The Bills are really good. And like when we talk about... Josh Allen looks like prime Aaron Rodgers. He does, but it's even like uh, what they're getting out of Devin Singletary. Like his, his running was pretty impressive because weren't they trying to upgrade that spot? I mean... Yeah. 
most running backs are looking impressive against the Packers right now, which is a pretty big problem. But yeah, but like he, the, the Bills, he really the Bills are not a team them. that really thrives in their running game. So being able to see like Devin Singletary just run amok is it's 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 not a good look for the Packers, but also it makes the Bills look that much scarier. And then their their entire defense too. I mean, part of I know the Von Miller quotes about he was asking Rogers like, "Why aren't you passing the ball in the second half?" Like, what's What's with all the running? And well, yeah, you're part of the reason why Von Miller, because he, you know, a couple of tastes of of turf. We're all early trying to figure out the for, guy who did this. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you know what? Uh, let's not do so much of that because the Bills' defense is pretty phenomenal too. Like, so this is a great team, but I also I do have an issue. Hey, we didn't lose by twenty points because it's like that's adjusting to what we've seen up until now, which we all agreed was not good enough so let's not settle into that for this week is where i personally come at that like it's yeah could it have been worse sure i think ty said it best earlier though and even based on the scores the packers never ever had a chance to win this game they didn't threaten once i i have a perfect analogy for this game you said uh you said maybe like a team trudging through the mud so imagine like, this is gonna go poorly it's always great when rohan starts with so i'm at there's something good's coming here <laughs> It's going to so take that, some time, I feel like. Yeah, too. yeah. It's going to be extended. So imagine you're just like walking through like uh, like in a forest or something and it rained. It's all muddy. And okay. you, you're not prepared for it at all. You're wearing like just like normal like Nike, Nike shoes or something. Hey, no free ads. And you're like, okay, you're wearing, you're wearing some sneakers. There you go. And it's just like the muddiest thing you've ever walked in. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm ready for this. I'm going to lose a shoe or something. And you're just walking. You step in this giant pile of mud. You get stuck. And then you you try to like lift your foot out, and then your your shoe gets stuck in there. But you're able to pull the shoe out. You didn't lose the shoe. That's what this Packers team is. What's happening with your? Did you? So you successfully pulled the shoe out without yeah. any kind of like sock in the mud situation. So yeah. you're balanced. Yeah. You're on. You're on one leg, but you're also. Yeah. Like you managed you're to get backwards, out. You, the shoe come up behind you. You were you were expecting to lose the shoe forever, but you were able to get it back. No, this Packers That's team this is Packers all of that happens, and then you drop your phone in the mud, and it's gone forever. Like this Packers <laughs> team is entirely like, oh yeah, this is all right result. Oh, everything I mean, else. No, sucks. Like I'm saying, it's still it's still a bad situation, but you were expecting it to be worse. It's not, but I don't think that's shoe true. And your yeah, your foot's still like not really all muddy. It's just your shoes. I mean, I tried. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you definitely tried. Yeah. I just think I don't think it was bad enough for, for the Packers right now. That's the only problem. It was a vivid picture. I enjoyed. Yeah. it. Thank you. It's got away with words, but Kumro almost had a catch down the field that I think would have. Yeah. Do you think, do you really think Aaron Rodgers was? Do you think he was really mad at Josh Allen for Jay Kumro only getting one target? Probably. Yeah, I was waiting he for was him like, after the if, game. If you're not going to appreciate him, give him back. I, I didn't. I didn't read the quotes, but I was expecting after the game, like if we had a guy like Kumro who knew the playbook, I think this would offense would have looked a lot better all year. I think we might have gotten that if if Kumro can haul in that one target. Um, but wasn't a great. Josh Allen had a really poor second half, really uncharacteristically poor, as we mentioned, which. Again, he was, he was playing with his food a little bit. Kept Green Bay in it, but they still never got it down to a one-score difference, even with the Bills scoring three points in the whole half. Yeah, I don't I know. Mean, the one, the one thing game. that we probably shouldn't gloss over is Packers could and probably should have had a touchdown that would have made this yeah. a much more interesting finish to the game. Now, the flip side of that is I feel if that touchdown stands, well, then maybe Josh Allen is suddenly not playing with his food so much. Yeah. Um, but it is – I did feel generally there were a couple of big calls in this game that did not go their way. Yeah. But, Illegal contact yeah, on Tunyon. That's yeah, the one, right? Sure. Yeah. 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 You, the, you make yeah, your own yeah. look somewhat too, though. And, like, for example, Craig Walker, that's kind of – that's making your own look with yep. the Packers. It's like, if you can't get out of your own way, what do you expect to happen? So, yeah, I don't know. There is like, there is a world where if this team was better, like this could have been the game where they win it improbably and they figure something out because the door was left ajar and just in that second half, Aaron Rodgers becomes MVP Aaron Rodgers and all of a sudden he's finding every receiver. I do think they needed to pass more than that. Like two, Von Miller is not wrong. Um, their offense looked good because they ran, but you find yourself in a big hole like that, and you're just like, yeah, 
Aaron Jones, take us one end of the field to the other, uh, multiple times. Yeah. Multiple times. Like it that was not really the way to play that out. Is part of that kind of just protecting yourself from what could have got really, really ugly if if you were getting pass heavy, maybe. And the other question is, is is are the Bills kind of welcoming that at that point too? Like, oh, we're down you're down seventeen and you're gonna call eight straight running plays? Okay. Sure. We'll we'll trade off a good field position on this drive for, you know, eight minutes off the clock and it, it just makes yeah. everything easier for us too. Um uh, I will say on the positive note, Kingsley Engabare, who I believe Tommy in the Discord and host of ooh, Father and the Son. Sorry, Tommy, if I got your pod name wrong. A rival Packers podcast. I'll have to look it up to exactly what it is. I've listened before, but I don't remember the entire name off top. But he noted he likes Engabare. He had a good game. Two tackles for loss, stepping in for Walker and Devondre Campbell. So that was nice to see. Hopefully he's had some moments this season where yeah, he's had and, to step into this role. In very limited run, he's had a couple plays where you're like, oh, that's that's good. We like that. That's it's solid, yeah. Father Son Packers podcast. There it is. There was, we go. I was there you go. a little bit off. Um, but overall, the defense, just such a Eric, such a mixed Eric bag. Stokes. Yeah. Not him. Not weird. Yeah. There was a report that he got benched, but then he was back out there. It wasn't much no, of a bench. He got he did. There were some quotes from him, too, where he's like, yeah, you'll have to ask Matt about that. I, I don't know what happened there. So he was he also, was benched, then he was brought was, back in. Yeah, it was also noted that the guy to go talk to him as he's getting pulled is Bisaccia. Hmm. Not like Matt or anyone. Well, Joe Barry's weird, upstairs, right? right? Yeah, that's true. But, it, like, why is the special teams guard here? Probably doesn't have that much to do in the game. Probably send him on tasks every so often. Yeah, goes gets coffee. Yeah, I don't know. Just, just the, the vibes are off. Yeah, I mean, it's not very good. The other thing worth noting is, as much as it hurts me, because I do think it, most of the issues and the falling out was his fault. Zadarius Smith is having an incredible year with the Vikings. I didn't want to say it, and I, I really think, it. like, the, when I look at this Packers team, we talk about trade deadline coming up. It's like, what do they need? You know, they're, they're clearly not one move away. And at that point, any team, certainly the Packers, I don't think is going to bring in multiple guys at the trade deadline. But if they had him, I think that changes the front seven so much because they're just not getting enough pressure, not doing enough against opposing running backs. The way he's playing with Minnesota, like having a guy, and who knows if he's as motivated or whatever in Green Bay, but... I think then maybe I maybe you could sell me on bringing a wide receiver and this team could actually put together quite a run. But I think right now the defense needs at least one or two guys, it feels like, between the secondary and the defensive line. And obviously a wide receiver would really help as well. Offensive line has been kind of an issue. I don't think they're going to get a guy there at this point. But um, I, I just think it's been tough to watch. You know, Kenny Clark has had some moments – not enough moments and nobody else in the he's, defensive line. He's not playing line. like Kenny Clark. No. Like, you're no. not getting what you expect in terms of your return. For well, and I think some of that is losing a guy like Zadarius and no one else steps up. It makes it easy for the opposing offensive line to just go, all right, Kenny Clark's not going to kill us. Is anybody else? And the answer yeah. is continually no. It's one of, the, one of the problems I'm also noticing with the, the Packers defensive line is sometimes they will get pressure. Like you saw at points during this Bills game, they're getting a little bit of pressure. They just they can't contain in space at all. Yeah, like to save yeah. their lives. The guy I who's actually, doing that is Preston Smith, and he's the best at it. Yeah. But you can't ask him to have that much of a consistent role doing that because, like, even though he's probably the best at it uh, in sort of this defensive front, he's not the guy you want to be doing that the entire time. I actually, I think it might have been, I think it might be Matt Schneidman at the Athletic who was reading, and he made that point. They're actually one of the better teams in the NFL in terms of pressuring the quarterback right now they're just not finishing sacks at all they're one yeah. of the worst teams when it comes to sacks so like there it is just that little bit extra like and i think that does kind of speak to the team overall there's a lot of stuff that we can easily talk about and it's bad but with a slight adjustment it could flip the game and all of a sudden you could roll off a whole bunch of wins like i, I do think that is part of the reason why You've got to still have some hope, even though it's probably going to kill you every week. Um, I, I just that is kind of the story. Like, I don't think they're not functioning at all to the point where they're not getting close to 
getting any sacks. They're just not finishing sacks off. And I think Ty is probably right. It's like you've got one less tread on that front, and it's it's easier for opposing teams to game plan. It's easy to guard against that. So there's just a bit of kind of in multiple areas of this team, there's a bit of punch missing. You just it feels like they kind of need just one guy to burst out and kind of do something beyond. And it's even you look at last season to this season, like who is the Rasul Douglas figure for this year? Like, who is that kind of person who really yeah. makes an impact above and beyond where you're like, okay, we've really found something, and this is a guy who week in, week out is going to energize the team and bring something? Right now, there's no one doing that. Like, there's no one having the kind of comparable impact to what he had in breaking out and being kind of a real surprise and success story from last year. Yeah, I think you could talk me into a pass rusher being a more impactful addition than a receiver at this point for this Packers team. Just because I think if you had a really good guy in there who makes life for the other defensive linemen easier and life for the secondary easier so they're not having to be in coverage for as long, then maybe you could get to that elite defense where the offense doesn't have to be as good and you know Dobbs figuring it out more and, and some Toure becoming a real wide receiver on the team could could be enough. Um, we'll see if they do anything or if they're able to, I mean, a lot of these guys they brought in is kind of like just free agents who have been floating around the league and they really found something in green Bay. That's certainly not out of the realm of possibility either, but you know, you can't exactly bank on it happening. I mean, this is, you got to do a little bit more in the off season to prep for this situation. One more thought that I'm having, I think one more big thought is I'm going to be really frustrated if, it turns out that they only ran the ball so much because they literally couldn't throw in the first half. And I'm a little afraid that was the case because they didn't, they didn't commit to the run until they were down big. And it was clear, like the bills pass rush was just not letting Rogers do anything. And that's when they started handing the ball off. They go into Detroit this week, the one in six lions who have not played defense at all. Like I need to see 30 carries again for, for Jones and for AJ Dillon. And I'm a little worried that we just won't, it'll be the same game plan of like, oh, this is a random drive where we go pass, 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 and it's a three and out, which would just be beyond frustrating. But where, do you guys think that have we finally reached the point where they're going to be run first and pass as a compliment, or was it just a situational thing in this one game? If you're not, you're just – just I, I don't know what you're looking at if you're not a run first team at this point in the season. Like it's kind of it's kind of obvious to everyone involved that you have to be that you have to be a run first team. Like that has to be your primary offense. If, if not, I, 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 I don't know what to say, honestly. I do think they, they can't go away from the passing completely because it's a area of their game. They need to work out. Like yeah. there's so much they they actually need to do it because they're that bad at it. If that makes any sense. But I do think against the Lions, for example, you could just run the ball into the ground in the first half and the game could be over and then you could be free to go and air it out a little bit in the second half and work out some things generally. Like that's that's the kind of game it is. It's like get your defense to show up, everyone locked in, and if you perform like this defense was supposed to to start the season, and you let Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon take the bulk of the work in the first half next week, the game is probably over by halftime. Like that's a team that the Packers at their best, that even this version of the Packers uh, should be more than equipped to beat and beat pretty comfortably. You do that, I then think that's the way to approach it. I I don't know. I, like, I don't know if that's a question of scheme. Like, if that's a question about LaFleur, I, that's it's kind of an Aaron Rodgers question still. Like, it, it's it's hard not to feel a part of the the aimless drives where it's kind of very very quick kind of okay we've just thrown it three times and we're not getting close to anything and then maybe it's a road for a small game and you're punting like part of that feels like it's Aaron Rodgers part of that is probably Aaron Rodgers ego whether you fully get past that at any point this season remains to be seen but I think like the best path to him getting to be the type of quarterback he wants to has to come from the run game you, you need it to open up what you're good at and what you want to do. And you need to just get some points on the scoreboard to even give you give yourself a chance to build up a relationship with these rookies. It's like you need just to give yourself some breeding room. Because right now, they just they have no luxury of 
okay, let's go out there and kind of let's work some stuff out because they're always behind most recently We're on a four game losing streak. I don't know if we've even said that specifically, which rare, rare territory for the Green Bay Packers. Um, the I think the stat with Lafleur is right. This is the most games he's lost, as many games he's lost in any season to yep. date. Uh, which yeah, true. This point in the season, sorry, it's more games now. It was yeah, more games many. in the season. It's as many on this consecutive loss streak that he's ever lost. Yeah, so like, you've got to table. go and to get your easy points, and your easy points for the Packers are running the ball. I, I saw. It's a good – I was thinking about this last night and there was a, a good combo in our Discord about like you can't do the Budenholzer get better every day thing and just focus on only that and like working on your weak points, right? Like the Bucks have done the last couple of years. You don't have the luxury to do that in a 17-game season. Like there's – the Bills game maybe but most games you just can't – you can't prioritize moral victories. Like you need to you need to bank wins. Like you don't have the baseline the Bucks do of – you know, we can mess around and try – not mess around, but we can try stuff. We don't have to lean into our strengths. We're still going to win 50 games and be a top seed. It doesn't matter. The Packers can't – especially at this point, can't do that. I do think they – it's not that they don't – they can't throw the ball. They shouldn't throw the ball at all. But I think this game we saw a 50-50 split. There was about 30 um, pass attempts for Rodgers, I think 29, and there were 30 rushes by Jones and Dillons. On the season as a whole, Rodgers has thrown the ball 274 times. And Jones and Dylan have ran 185 times. So it's really not even been close. I think 50-50 is fine. I think run the ball half the time, throw the ball half the time. And it should be the same drive. I'm not When I say they need to be run first, it's not, you know, okay, every drive is just Aaron Jones, five runs, A.J. Dylan one run, rinse and repeat. But no, I just but think, I do think they need to do it a lot trended, more. They trended that way a little bit when yeah. they're having success. against. The, and it's not to say that they can't have success doing that. But it's just, need, I agree. The they need point to figure is, out you the need the bounce because the point yeah. is going to the point is going to come where you're going to get a team that is stopping the run. You need to have something you can turn to, which they don't right now. I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, you're not going to beat the Eagles or probably even the Cowboys if you can't throw the ball effectively for a whole half of football. Like even again, even if the defense plays well, they're going to score too much for you to win. I think by running, you what they should have been able doing is running more against some of these iffy teams to just bank those mm-hmm. wins. And then again, throw off of that, help out Rodgers and those receivers. But yeah, I, I'd like to see closer to 50-50 going forward. If you're going to throw the ball 30 times, hand the ball off 30 times because that's going to be much better for the offense. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Packers, they're, they, they're not done this season. But I do think next week is absolutely must win. If you lose to the Lions at this point, I'm just not going to have faith that they'll beat anybody. And no, no offense to the Lions, but... They're one and six. They can't stop anyone. The quarterback's Jared Goff. It's a must win. And I think it's a must win and look good. Like, if they barely win this, like they did, you, the have, past to, you game, have to dominate the Lions. Not even dominate, but you have to comfortably win. I say. You know, they don't have to win 40 to 10, but I, I want a comfortable win. They, if they win like they, they won against the Pats. 40 at all this season. That's what, yeah, so I'm, I'm not going to expect them to dominate That's anyone. The most I think by, I think by two touchdowns, you've, they've got to have at least. I'll take two. 10 points. I'll take 10 points. Like this Bills game. If it's like this, I'm okay with that. I mean, the, the thing with that is, and in terms of they need to right the ship with the Lions, but the Lions also has to be springboard because you've got Cowboys, Titans, Eagles after that. Yeah. It's like the season isn't over, but. They probably have to get to six and six coming out of that stretch. So you're looking at going three and one. You're going to have to beat two good teams. So you certainly have to beat the bad team. Yeah, um, I, I, that's that's the place to start there. And but, they need to look good in doing it because if they if they yeah, hobble they, through they the do. Lions win, then it's like all right, I'm just going to assume their lunch meet against those three teams. Yeah, they've got to find something. Otherwise, we'll we'll feel exactly like we did coming into the Bills game, and then when they lose by ten to fifteen points, we'll be like, hey, it could have been bad. It could be worse. Like, look. Look at the Eagles. The Eagles could have done this to us. It's like they, they do really need to find something. Yeah. I'd say 30 points. They haven't scored 30 points at all this season. They've scored 27 points twice. I was going to didn't do one? not even the Bears. I see 30. No, 27 against the Bears. I don't know if I trust them. I, I'd be surprised if they scored 30. They might have to, though. The way the, Lions, the way the Lions play offense, they may have to score 30 to win. No. Um, should we talk about some trade targets if it's right before the trade deadline? I got, I mean, do you have like a list of 
Gunners. <laughs> Are there, is there a list of gunners you can acquire for a seventh round pick somewhere out there? Because that's probably the goot move. I know, but like, what do you guys want to see? Like, obviously, they're not going to get like Bradley Chubb, but I don't know. I, I don't. I don't even. I'm very pessimistic on it. I like. I don't yeah. think they're going to get anything meaningful. So I just don't really care. <laughs> like, yeah, I just I want them to get their own house in order. Is is largely where I'm at. It's like. I'm not opposed to what Ty said, though. Like, if they were to make a trade, I, if they could really get that extra bit of oomph for the defense to get the defense to what it was supposed to be, that might be more important because I don't know if you're going to get the kind of wide receiver who's just going to fix your offense. Chase Claypool? I, I don't believe I don't believe they're going to get any of these guys. Any that's, of the wide That's the biggest fish that's kind of supposedly attainable, but. Uh. I, I would be fine if they did a Robert Quinn type trade. So the Eagles get Robert Quinn. The rich get richer. They already had a great defensive line. Robert Quinn's been okay this year, but he also got doubled more than Aaron Donald because the Bears just had nobody else. They got the Bears to pay for most of his contract, and all it took was a fourth round pick. Like, I don't think they should go get Bradley Chubb for a first because they're not good enough. Like, you should not trade a first for anybody right now, even a wide receiver, in my opinion. Like, I, I think that would be pretty reckless considering where they are. But I think if you're going to throw like a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, you know, get get a couple of guys who you feel like can look better than they've looked and who aren't very expensive right now in terms of cap or draft capital. I'd be very happy with that. Get a middling pass rusher. If you want to grab a receiver, fine. I'd to obviously be okay with that. The Odell Beckham thing is interesting. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know where he's at health-wise. That I think that'd be a great flyer. And that could be he could end up being the offensive Razul Douglas this year. I mean, obviously, he would come in with more acclaim than that anyway. But, I mean, he was good the last time we saw him. Guys come back from injuries pretty well these days. I think if, if they – and again, that feels pie in the sky even even that. But if they came away with Odell and a solid pass rusher, I'd be thrilled. I expect them to get like a new gunner to compliment Rudy Ford or something and just hope that guys pan out, which seems to be the typical game plan. Yeah, and you're not going to see them trade for a guy like uh, Brandon Cooks or anything because he just has too much money. Unless the, I mean, is he? Will the Texans pay him? Uh, maybe. That seems to be more know. common in NFL. I mean, again, the Bears are eating basically two years of what Robert is, Quinn. What's his, what's his what's his cap? It his next season's cap it is twenty six point six million. Is that real though? I think so. I we need the NFL is tough. You need to have like an expert on the pod to even tell what's real and what's not. It might be too much then. I, I was yeah, Brandon Cooks twenty. Jesus Christ, who gave him that? He's a good player. Come on. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just want to be his realistic. Cap, his, yeah, his, his his cap hit is twenty four point six or twenty no twenty six point six. Excuse me. And then he's still under contract for twenty four with a cap hit of twenty four point six. Oh my god. Yeah. Base salary is 18 and then 13 though. But still that's that's a lot. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't expect NFL that. contracts are weird. I don't I'm yeah. not gonna pretend to understand them. But like the, the guy that's in what, the Jets that's why I've been quiet. I am not <laughs> even gonna attempt it. The guy in the Jets who wants out, Elijah Moore, like can you pry him away yeah. for a fifth round pick and just Did you ask... did you see his quote about his chemistry with Zach Wilson? No, it was a very funny quote. It was uh he said some some reporter asked him what's your chemistry like with Zach Wilson? He was like, I don't know, he doesn't throw me the ball. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's the right kind of player to add to this mix of Aaron Rodgers airing out everybody on Pat McAfee every week, but um I, like someone like that. Like take a flyer on someone who's on the out somewhere and just see like ask the Rohan who's question. The, the is this something? Giants? Is this anything? To is this anything? Kadarius Tony already got traded. Yeah. Oh, he did. Chiefs. Yep. Yeah, he went to a team with a nurturing quarterback, so he's probably going to have a fun season. I do think was that us? No, it was me and Numak. I think it was week one, and Rodgers was already airing guys out. And there was a viral clip of Mahomes like Juju drops a ball, and Mahomes is like, "Don't worry about it, man. Oh, like yeah. I'm going to keep throwing you the ball." Seems to be working out okay for them. I mean, Juju's better than anyone on the Packers, but maybe that's the right approach. Who can say? Well, I mean, the Who difference in how they approach everything. Yeah. Wide receiver in particular, though, in the offseason, as to how the Packers did, is showing up in the different. You know, it'd be awesome on this team, MVS. Yeah, it'd be I pretty mean, helpful right now. Mikael Hardman would be like a huge difference maker on this team. Let's be honest. 
Equimini's St. Brown? Would he be would he be helpful? Let's not get carried walking away. Through that door. <laughs> Let's not get carried away. Oh man. Are we are we all wrapped up here? I, I think I if think, we're talking I, about EQ, we're good. Brown is yeah. So. Okay. Well, this is uh this has been Talk of the Tundra. Thank you for listening. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether you're watching it on YouTube, on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you leave a five-star rating and review. Check out all of the GSPN podcasts at gspn.info. Leave a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, I'll say it here, even though it's not Eurostep. Pod random, everyone. And we will talk to you next time. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing. But you know better, and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com